Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you are listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for January 3rd, 2021. Well, a Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, first broadcast of the new year. And I'm sure everybody feels that, oh, uh, goodbye, 2020. You know, oh, boy, it's in the rearview mirror, and we're not looking looking backwards now. And uh, it was indeed. Quite an eventful year. Uh, New Year's time, I was thinking about whether uh, in Japanese culture, New Year is a major holiday, national holiday. And uh, uh, I guess it's pretty pretty much uh, a celebrate uh, kind of a winter holiday, you know, across the globe. Um, but I don't know whether there's certain ethnic aspects to it. In Japanese culture, New Year's time, they got certain rituals and stuff. And, of course, they got certain kinds of food. And uh, although I'm third generation uh, Japanese-American sansei, uh, food is the last to go, you know, when you talk about ethnic uh, – and uh, so New Year's time – we have uh make sure we have some nice sashimi, some uh raw fish or maguro tuna, you know. And of course we have it all the time during the years, you know, special occasions and whatnot, celebra- celebration times, but for sure we have it uh, stocked up on it for New Year's time. And you can get some good frozen tuna now. That might sound like uh something that we would never have done in the past, but uh, in the Fresno area here, there's a nice store, Central Fish, it's called, and uh, you can get um, you, on, just in the last few years. I think I, I think it's a new product where it's packaged up and it's uh, frozen uh, tuna, and uh, so usually we get that. And uh, I got some natto. I don't know if <laughs> that's a pretty specialty item. It's kind of fermented uh, soybean. A lot of people don't like that strong flavor, but I like natto and um, 
sake, of course, and mochi. Mochi is, <laughs> I, I always laugh when I say mochi, rice cake. Uh, <clears throat> my mom, uh, you know, she was a uh, channel you or way of tea uh, teacher in Chicago, and she always told this story about she, uh, they hosted a New Year's Day uh, and uh, a lot of special food. And so one of her uh, Caucasian tea students, new student, you know, came for the first time for, for the New Year's to visit the home and have some uh, traditional Japanese food. And they were talking about mochi. And, you know, and, uh, and this person said, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that is. That's the white stuff that you chew and chew and nothing happens. And so my mom always tells that story. She thought that was so funny. But it's really, that's that's a good description, you know. And uh, Adrian, my wife, she likes the mochi that's uh, uh, toasted. Then she put the soy sauce and the sugar, and then she eats it that way. But I like it, uh, what's called ozoni, which is in a soup stock. And you get the um, small chunks of uh, mochi or rice cake, and they get soft in there. And, uh, yeah, I even had some this morning for breakfast. (laughs) um, And, of course, we buy the frozen mochi, too, and uh, so we can have it for, you know, several days around this time. And... uh, Year of the Ox. I think it's kind of a fun thing where Chinese animal zodiac calendar and uh, all the animal years. Okay, last year uh, was Year of the Rat, and uh, this year is Year of the Ox. And the 12 animals of that zodiac, Chinese animal zodiac calendar, they come in a certain order, okay? And actually, uh, when the cycle is over of the 12 animals, and then it starts again with the rat and then the ox. So the rat was the first year in this 12-year cycle. And as the, as the myth goes or the story goes, they were, these animals were going to see the Buddha pay a visit, you know. And, uh, and the rat was on top of the ox's head. And so when they got close... To approaching the Buddha, the rat jumped off. That's how the rat got first, okay? And then the ox was second and so forth. So kind of interesting cultural stories there. But again, uh, it's fun to talk about the attributes of the different animals and, okay, for this year, let's have, uh, you know, what do we want to be inspired by or, you know, maybe a steady determination a strong inner strength, you know, and we think about the ox as being very steady, powerful, strong, and so forth. Uh, and of course, we could make the theme or the teachings, you know, we can be creative about it and, and structure it any way that we want to, and I think that's great. Um, <clears throat> well, I was thinking about <clears throat> Happy New Year and New, uh, isn't new or new beginnings such a great thing? I remember, uh, you know, Zen calendar, 
one saying for every day. I remember one of them was, to begin is the only true joy in life. Yeah, that's kind of a strong statement, but there's a, there's the grain of truth in that. When you begin something, okay, a new new season, you know, constant changes, and uh, we appreciate. It's a unique time of the year where the old year ends, the new year starts. But boom, right there, and we can reflect on the past things we've learned and things we appreciate. And we, of course, we're thinking about the future. Okay. So right there. And uh, when I was thinking, I was uh, at a conference once, sort of a seminar and uh, question and answer period. And one person asked the question said, for Buddhists, what is the Buddhist anchor? And <laughs> I had never heard the, the question asked that way. And uh, what is the Buddhist anchor? And I had to say something. So I just said, oh, present moment. Uh, And then as I was driving home that day afterwards, I was saying, gee, gee, why did I say that? Or "Hmm," then I was thinking about it. I said, well, that's not too bad of an answer, you know. Of course, you might unpack it a little bit, elaborate on it and so forth. But, yeah. And, uh what is the for for a Buddhist what is the Buddhist anchor I had never heard the question put that way you know and so it seemed kind of like a new question it caught me by surprise and I was surprised by you know my answer too because I didn't know what to say if someone says something like well what is the main Buddhist teaching or what do Buddhists believe in or something like that you know uh, you give an answer that uh, the question sort of points you in a certain way but I had never put it like, well, what is the Buddhist anchor? So present moment. And uh, that the questioner nodded there, nodded her head after that answer. And I was kind of surprised at that answer. But, yeah, the present moment, the, the eternal now, okay, it's now. Oh, and now that, that old now is gone. Now here's a new now. Okay? Eternal nows. Uh-huh. And these constant changes, and of course, con- the word constant changes or doctrine of impermanence or, you know, one of the core uh, Buddhist teachings on truth of reality and so forth. And uh, New Year, really strong in terms of that theme. And as I came in this morning into the office, and uh, I knew, you know, our show starts at 8 o'clock. Pacific time and so it was about seven so I knew I had a lot of time and I came into the office and then I then I looked at the I have a little bit later I looked at the clock on the wall and it said 1030 and all of a sudden I was thrown for a loop I said what and I said, then I realized that the clock had stopped so this morning I changed the battery and everything but uh, <laughs> that made me think about time I said, oh, and, you know, I mean, time is a big topic. Huh? And I was thinking about clocks. That's a fascinating topic, too. Uh, the types and role of uh, uh, the physical clocks in uh, human history and so forth, different cultures. And as I changed the battery, I was thinking, gee, how convenient. You know, we just, 
just the existence of batteries and this electrical energy and uh gee the, I was just kind of uh felt astonished with all the different very uh inviting topics as I was just changing the battery in the clock. Okay. You just take it for granted so look all the time when you see the clock and you know, but boom. And I know just from just from vague memories, if you go to a clock museum or or something like that, there's a fascinating way that different cultures fashion clocks. You know, you can imagine how did they tell time before the kind of uh, time system and physical clocks that we have now. Huh? And there was all, it's pretty fascinating in terms of time. Then you think about seasons, you think about, I don't know, then I, I got kind of a, it's kind of silly, I suppose, but I start thinking about, gee, what about time? What about, isn't, we just take seasons for granted. And of course there's different seasons in different parts of the country. And, you know, maybe we moved around and we experienced different climates and, uh, uh, <clears throat> Uh, no matter where you are, there's uh, there's always seasons, you know. I remember when we first moved to, I was in uh, teaching at uh, UH in Hawaii in the 70s, and uh, the neighbor, uh, we rented a house. I was just there for a visiting position and uh, for one semester. But the, the next-door neighbor was a native and local, and uh, uh, I, I went, we were there from September through October that that. Uh, fall semester and uh we went swimming all the time i mean it might have got the coldest it got was in the high 70s and then the neighbor said oh yeah that's right uh newcomers they 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 swim all year round when they first come but for locals no we don't go swimming in the winter time it's too cold you know and it made me realize uh the relative nature of seasons and seasonal things but anyway okay I want to introduce our guest to give us a Dharma glimpse today. And Nico Bioyo, who uh, lives in Florida, she was part of our LM3 group. We're on our LM14 group now. And um, <clears throat> I was reminded when the opening message comes that, of this show, and then we had that music. And uh, that was her composition. We, call, we might call it the Bright Dawn theme song, in fact, but that was... Nico's composition, and so that's really nice. So, without further ado, let me introduce Nico Bioyo. <laughs> Thank you, Sensei, so much for that introduction. Uh, I was just thinking the same thing that I heard the music and I thought, oh my gosh, I had almost forgotten about that. And do you realize that composition is 10 years old? this year mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years old <laughs> so yeah yeah time right time I'm like whoa 10 years <laughs> that's how long it's been but yeah 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 you, Sensei, when you, you were talking about the mochi and the cultural um, New Year's celebrations and it, it took me right back to when um, I lived in Hawaii and I was at the Wahiwa Hongaji in Hawaii on Oahu, and I was part of their New Year's celebrations, and wow, talk about um, a very different cultural 
experience that I had there. Um, and I did, I did experience the mochi that you chew and chew and chew, and it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. They probably found it, it like, Yeah, they did, they and I watched them make it. It was this huge, like, mass. It looked like some kind of alien blob that came from space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the fireworks were so crazy. I thought we were in a war zone. I mean, it was a real wild time, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, thank you for having me on this um, first Sunday of 2021, because this is such a huge honor to be able to talk with you and everyone listening um, at the new year, you know, and I wanted to really address the theme of, you know, new year, new beginnings. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about goals right now, right? Talking about, okay, did I meet my goals from last year? You know, so they're looking back and then they're also looking forward at the same time. They're saying, okay, what are my goals for this year? And of course it's difficult to not mention that we've dealt with some a very unique situation this year with a pandemic. So this definitely can create a situation where um, maybe some of you, I don't know, not all of you, but some of you might be looking back and saying, wow, you know, that really threw me for a loop. Um, that really threw off my goals. You know, if you're, if you're in that space, which a lot of people are, um, I have a suggestion for you. Now, if you're, if you're one of those people who's like, oh, I hit all my goals even despite of the pandemic, then awesome. You, you're amazing. Like, celebrate that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I suspect that many of you have something that you are feeling disappointed about or maybe feeling guilty even or shame or sadness, grief, um, so many things lost, so many things that really are a lot of people are experiencing right now. So what I've learned over the past, I don't know how many years, 20 years maybe, of um, being in a Buddhist practice and and being involved in Buddhism as, as an organization and also just as a personal spiritual development path, I have learned that it's not enough to intellectually understand Buddhist concepts, although they're very, very wonderful in themselves. You can read, you can read sutras and you can chant and you can talk about it. You can have intellectual discussions and these are wonderful things, but the truth is that if you don't have a practice in place that is based in like an experience, an experiential practice that, that bypasses the mind, okay, the intellect, the mind, um, if you don't have that in place on a regular basis, it can be very difficult to maintain the states that we all as Buddhists, I'm assuming, want to be in the present moment, since say you mentioned the present moment. Um, what's the thing that takes us out of the present moment? It's the mind, right? So the way that we can bypass the mind, there's many ways, like meditation, chanting. Um, I use a very a varied toolbox of ways to access my physiology and, and hack, <laughs> hack my mind and get past my mind. So I'm going to give you guys a really cool hack, okay? Here is the really cool hack. So if you're feeling these feelings right now of, oh, I didn't my goals, bad things happened, 
I'm unsure of the future. I don't know if I should even set any goals for 2021 because who knows what's going to happen, all these things that are coming up for people. I'm going to suggest that you do something called growing your positivity bias, okay? Now, many of you may have heard the term negativity bias. And just real quick, I'm going to explain that negativity bias is simply the function that our primal brain, our amygdala, has to keep us alive. Literally, that's all it is. It's, that's its only function is to keep us physically alive. So this is the flight or fight response that you have to actual danger. Unfortunately, human beings have the capacity, fortunately and unfortunately, they have the capacity to actually imagine danger and to perceive danger, um, which causes the same physiological response in the body is actually facing it. So this is like the, the place we are now in our consciousness, the evolution of human consciousness is that we are trying to overcome. This is what I think enlightenment really is. We're trying to overcome the primal brain, right? We live in this world where we want to be in the state, the state of enlightenment, joy, bliss, um, compassion, empathy, cooperation, connection, creativity, you know, peace. We want to be peace all those things, but the primal brain is still functioning in us. The amygdala is still there, and it's still looking for danger all the time. It's scanning everything. It's scanning your environment. It's scanning your mind. It's scanning the past and the future all the time for, for dangers, and this is where we get stuck, okay? So, Right now, if you're in this position, your mind is scanning the past. It's saying, oh, this terrible thing happened, and we've got to make a plan to do something about it, or we've got to protect ourselves from this. And it's scanning the future. And it's saying, oh, we've got to predict future dangers now. And, you know, and it's, it, it puts you in a state of stress. You, us, all of us, human beings, takes you out of the present moment. So, the way that we hack the negativity bias, which is always going to be there as long as you're in a human body, okay? Not going to lie to you. <laughs> you're going to have it. But we can change our brains. So what we want to do is we want to think back and purposely with your intention, look at all the things that you can appreciate. Okay, I'm not going to use the word gratitude, and that's intentional. Appreciation is a word that has a slightly different energy to it than gratitude. And I'm just going to let you think about that because that's just my perception. But I feel like appreciation is a lot more, um, I want to say spacious. So just, just simple. It's simple. It's practical. It's spacious. Appreciation. So looking at what you can appreciate about the past year. And I'm going to give you some examples. Like if you can, if there was a moment where maybe you were really appreciative of something that you had or someone in your life that maybe before you weren't aware of it because of the circumstances, then what you can do is you can use that. You can use that because that feeling you had in that moment where you're really appreciative of something in your life, you are present. You're completely present when you're there. Think of the big things that happen in life, like the birth of a child or a graduation or a marriage. 
some big moment where you're overcome with joy and, and you, can, you can literally remember it. And in your mind, you can actually go there and you can feel the feelings of it again if you actually go there in your mind and you stay in the feeling. And so science shows that when you do this, you're actually firing the, the neurons that are associated with that memory are firing and wiring and getting stronger. So if you think of this as a practice, you are literally changing your brain. So when you go back in the past in your mind, you think of something you're really appreciative of, and you let yourself not just, you know, fleeting, like, oh, yeah, there was that. Okay, move on. But really focusing on it like a meditation. Literally relive it in your mind. Remember what it felt like to be there and the feelings of joy and you were in the moment and everything was wonderful. And the, the key is to go into the feeling. And then what you're doing is you are strengthening those neural bundles in your brain, the positive memories. You're strengthening them. And it might seem really um, sort of, you know, it might seem like, oh, but the, I can't find anything. Like, you might be looking for big things, but I'm even talking about small things. I'm talking about literally maybe you were, um, maybe you were sick. Maybe you had coronavirus or you know someone that did. And then when they got better, you were just like so overcome with joy that it happened, that they were okay or that you were okay. I mean, things like this, when you go into that moment where you get really present, because you were appreciative of something. That's what I'm talking about. So if you can maybe identify two or three of these things at least, then you can sit down and you can meditate in that feeling and you can grow your positivity bias and you can start to feel more appreciative of the year. You can start to release the feelings of disappointment, loss, guilt, grief. Not to say you don't want to still acknowledge those feelings are there. But you can't actually feel appreciation and loss at the same time because the feeling of joy and appreciation and gratitude are going to override the feelings of grief and loss. They are going to literally, like, hack those feelings. And that's what we want to do with our brain. That's like the literal path to enlightenment that happens in our brain. So what I'm going to say to you is instead of kicking yourself for not fulfilling your goals, you know, or whatever it is that's happening, and thinking maybe putting pressure on yourself to set new goals, um, I notice a lot of people are really putting a lot of pressure on themselves for 2021 to be, to be better. You know, okay, this year's going to be, be, this year's going to be better. We're going, to, we're going to kick this stuff. And, I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't be positive. But I'm saying don't put pressure on yourself to make that happen. But simply take time every day to meditate in that appreciation and grow your positivity bias. Shift your brain out of stress and into a state of ease. And that is my special hack for you for the new year. <laughs> <laughs> Sensei, thank you. I, I'm going to hand it back over to you. Okay. Thank you very, very much. You know, I think that when we talk about uh, our brain and our mind, that's the very fundamental aspect 
uh, we might call it, uh, you know, the Buddha being a, a great psychologist or something like this. But uh, um, when we think about cause and effect, Buddhist view uh, that uh, uh, what we think, you know, is so important. And um, we might think that we don't have any control over what we think and feel. And to some extent, that's true. But uh, there's a lot of things that we do we can influence. And when we put it in terms of programming or reprogramming our brains, um, that that has kind of an impact. I mean, because you're talking about your physical brain and, and when you start talking about neural cells or synapses and so forth and uh you know when you when you think a different thought that that means that your brain has to be different from moment to moment <laughs> i mean you know i mean that's i just think that's kind of amazing we don't we just don't think about that but uh uh our uh to it's so fundamental i guess and um I was thinking about uh, when we think about, well, par- not, I don't want to use the word paradigm, but um, an attitude and uh, to always examine uh, what kind of a mental bias creating in, in our own life. And negativity and positivity biases, I think that, that's a, that is a cool way to... <laughs> to uh, express it. And um, especially when we think about goals and, and especially since new year time and, you know, you think about resolutions, you think, and so forth, but um, uh, how uh, the way that we assume things or expectations can be a tr- tremendous positive and negative influence depending upon how we use expectations. And we might think, oh, I expected that I would have these changes done. I messed up. I failed. I, can't, I fell short. Or um, uh, I should have did this or that. Or maybe I, I should do this. Okay. Or some people maybe they have unrealistic goals and so forth. And then there's some things in terms of the social way you want to present yourself versus your private evaluations of your own self-concept and all these things. And uh, so when we think about goals, one word that comes to my mind is, is the shoulds. I should have done this or I should do this. And I always remember my father, one of his sayings was, hey, there's no shoulds in Buddhism. And that's kind of a strong statement, but something that 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 kind of need to think about. Okay, and uh, it's true that I think when we think about human beings or uh, as organisms, that biological organisms and and uh, natural uh, tendency of of how how we live, you know, as as animals and uh i say animals a lot of times we say oh humans and then other and other and other animals but you know we're 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 animals too um 
but the way that our brain has developed and uh, and we I think we imagine uh, positive and negative bias that's pretty basic you know and I think a, a case could be made for the dominance of the danger aspect you got to protect yourself I mean that's that's primal you know it's more important than safety because if you if you uh, safety cannot compete with danger very easily in a natural way of things okay uh, to protect oneself uh, is really strong okay it's a plus if you can move over to the positivity aspect and so sometimes it's so strong and so you know constant we never some people will never get out of it never shift never move in any direction okay it doesn't mean that we have to be positive all the time or you know and all that kind of stuff but uh uh how to manage the negativity bias how to encourage allow positivity bias or it's not a matter of having it or not but I would say facing in the direction of, okay? I like it because my name, Koyo, Ko me, Yo is the, is the son, S-U-N, and Ko is uh, to face toward. And so being a PK, preacher's kid, most people have a middle name that the parents gave them. And uh, my middle name was my, was my dominant name, Koyo, and I never used it growing up. Um, my my English name was well. I don't want to get into this too much. They my parents, they they named they, it was. It's not an English name. It's a unique word, Sunan, which is my given name. Um, they kind of made it up. They took the root word, medieval root word for the sun, Sana, and they put an N on the end of it, Sanan, and I, that's how I grew up. If someone calls me Sunan, I know that they're, you know, from Chicago and part of when, when I was growing up, okay? But my father, Reverend Gyome, Gyome was his Dharma name given to him by his teacher. And uh, he, he took, right away, he took that name when it was given to him. But I didn't use Koyo for a long time. And then I, you know, even after I became a minister, and then finally I, I was thinking, gee, my, my dad used his Dharma name as his regular name all the time, Reverend Gyome Kubose, Gyome M. Kubose. Uh, his given name was Masao, okay, common Japanese uh, male name. Um, so I, so I said, yeah, maybe I should start using my Dharma name all the time. So I'm known as Koyo Kubose for for most of the people that I've met or interacted with for the last several decades. And but if someone says Sanan, you know, and I know that's from my childhood days, but the name. Uh, it's sort of like the, the, the positivity and the negativity bias in terms of the importance of how we, what kind of attitude, okay, or perspective that we have about things and um, the importance of that. Sometimes it, it's so, the, the direction we face in, because I may never achieve or reach Dharma goals, but the least I could do is facing the direction of, 
So I, I like that aspect of my name, and I use it as, as my own kind of a teaching. And uh, if you have a Dharma name, uh, every once in a while, you should think about your Dharma name in terms of how it can renew your practice, what kind of new teachings. You never know. It might get its own legs and reveal a lot of insights for you. So, hey, hey, that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a beautiful day. Thank you.